Again, FM Ann Arbor, Synthesizers Unite. Clothes in the parking lot. Seriously. Sorry, I must have dropped them. Dan, you can't take your clothes off until we're in the studio. Yeah, we do the show semi-live and semi-nude, not the parking lot. See, I just like to think of Wednesday as naked day. Me too. I have a hard time putting clothes on at all. Actually, naked time is only from 6 to 7, not all day. At least wear a feather boa the rest of the time, Dan. Speaking of 6 to 7, it's almost time. Crud, we have to hurry. See, I am ready to go, and you fools have to strip still. Well, I'm wearing my easy-release stripper clothes. Ta-da! All right, y'all, let's start the show. It's 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Time for Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. The next hour is going to be bursting with news, reviews, and interviews for the TBLG community, our friends, families, and allies. And we are your hosts, the cool kids. Dan. Meredith. Christy. And Greg. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. I don't know. Hey, hello. I don't know. Are we on? Are we there? I can't hear us. Oh, we are on? We are on. Oh, we just can't hear it in the microphones. We, we are just making ourselves look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Like, we've never done radio before. I was <laughs> well, we have? <laughs> it is our first. We're virgins. Well, that's right. Exactly. Hey. And it is Dan and Christy here. Woohoo! Uh, a small segment of the cool kids. That's and right. We are looking for new cool kids. We are so looking for new cool kids. Stick around till the end of the show and you'll find out how to. How you could be one too. Cool kid. That's right. Like us. Oh my gosh. The Cool Kids Club. The Cool Kids Club. There we go. Close. Wow. Yeah, Holy yeah, moly. Yeah. So, how are you, Dan? I'm oh, wait. It's July 12th, by the way. It Before. is. All day. 2006. All, all day. Before oh, my I forget. gosh. Yes. So, you know. My we got to make sure that that date time stamp is on <laughs> our shows. Yeah, so it makes it easier when we're trying to edit exactly. <laughs> or review them for future shows. Right. So So how are you? I'm 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 doing okay actually. Just been kind of um busy with stuff. I know I'm still not getting anything either. Um but um um but I'm just amazed. I mean, we have like uh, lots of stuff in our mailboxes and we all do. kinds of CDs, CDs and, uh, and mails and stuff. So, um, so definitely, it's been. So it's kind of exciting that things are. I mean, because usually summer we're kind of quiet and mm-hmm. relaxed, but um, we're like getting all kinds of good stuff today. Yeah, and we want to give a shout out to uh, our good friend Kelly at U of M Mail <laughs> Services. Yeah, because somebody. Um, Mislabeled our address. Yes, instead of five thirty, they put five three C. So and she figured it out and got it to us. I'll tell you, she does exactly. I have to definitely thank her in person for that. Definitely. So she was listening. I actually talked about her a couple of weeks ago on the show, and she was listening. Oh and yes, she was ecstatic that <laughs> I talked about her on the air. So I'm glad to have the opportunity to do it again. Yes. Well, we'll just definitely have to find reasons then, right? You know, because she is full of all kinds of stories. She. Really, you she know? is. Yes, I mean, we're just full of something. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that's what somebody actually told me the other day. They were like, you know, because I felt like um, I was talking about. I have a friend who seems to have a lot to talk about, and I just sit there and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, kind of like what you do with this show too, um, where, where I just uh, <laughs> you I just do like do not, <laughs> uh, where I just do all the talking, and because I just keep talking, and you're like, uh, uh, try to get interrupt. But anyway, um. The um, and so I was worried that I do that like this, and she just kind of like turned to me. She says, "Well, you just have much more interesting stories than I do like this." And so I was just like, "Oh my goodness, this is I kind of I, I didn't think I lived that kind of a fabulous life." I think you do. Oh man, well thank you. You're welcome. But speaking of fabulous lives, how's your life going? No, I'm great. I just am just fresh back from New York City. Woohoo! I went to the Fat Girl Flea Market in uh, Wow. In Manhattan, so now, what is that? It's a fundraiser for No Lose, which oh, is okay. um, a fat, queer, positive deal. Yes. Um, it's a national organization, and they do a conference every year, uh-huh. um, and this, this the flea market is a huge, they're a huge fundraiser. Oh, okay. Um, and they do it every year uh, okay. in New York. So. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and so we were there, and a lot of our friends were there, and then but on Sunday, we decided not to go to the flea market, Uh-oh. and we went to, went to Central Park, because they were having... Um, 
this they do these things like these family friendly Sundays. It's called oh. Summer Stage. Okay. And so they had Baby Loves Disco. <laughs> and so <laughs> I took Baby Charlotte oh. to Baby Disco. And Fantastic. And we had a really good time. Um, but did she dance a little? She did. Do a little jig? You know, as best she could. I know, exactly. She doesn't have to- and too much control over her limbs yet. But um, <laughs> So we saw that, and that was really fun. Good. Um, but then we were just walking around the park and seeing everything. We pretty much walked the whole park, which is huge. Right. Um, but as we were getting ready to leave, we decided to stop and get these this stuff called froze fruit, which is like... Hmm. It's frozen fruit on a... It's like fruit popsicles. Ah, like fruit bar, okay. You know? Gotcha. Um, but it's not like a, like a Kool-Aid thing that's just frozen Kool-Aid got popsicle. It. It's got actual fruit and whatnot in it. Right. Well, it was kind of humid and stuff out, and it wasn't really hot. It was like 80 degrees, pretty uh-huh. high humidity, and... Um, I opened my froze fruit, and so did Danielle and our friend, and, and I went to... As I went to put my mouth on mine, I heard Danielle say, oh, my lip stuck to it a little bit. Oh, no. And I didn't quite internalize that. Oh, no. And my entire (laughs) mouth adhered (laughs) to my popsicle. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I could not free it. (laughs) It was stuck. (laughs) And so I'm holding this popsicle in my mouth going, oh. trying to get and so my friends my friend and danielle were both trying not to laugh they didn't know if it was okay to laugh (laughs) but they also wanted to help me so danielle's like pouring a a whole bottle of water all over my mouth (laughs) trying to get it will not free itself because not only was it stuck but there was a vacuum right like there was nothing going in or coming out it was, it was. Oh starting, my god! And at that point, I mean, this the whole thing probably took like a minute total. <laughs> but at that moment, it really, it totally felt like it was a searing pain. You know, oh it was like freezing my yeah, lips. that's right. And so I was like, I oh, just have and to, he- and then freeze to that headache. Bur- yeah, oh. I was like, I just have to rip my lips off. Oh like, no! That's the only, Danielle's like. Lick it, lick it, lick it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, ooh, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't get my tongue anywhere near my The opportunity my that I've been waiting for all these years to finally get you see, clamped up. See, I got, it worked. It totally worked. Well, so, and actually later on, somebody oh. did say to me, it sounds like the universe was telling you to shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I did rip my lips off. Oh, of no. And it was my, what was I going to do? Right, like, right. You know, in hindsight, somebody said, well, you could have just waited until it melted. It was like, it was really hurting. Right, right. I was worried about well, my... Well, especially if you have like sensitive teeth. I could just imagine like, oh. Yeah, I don't even know. Well, it hurt a little bit when I ripped right. it off. I actually got tears in my eyes and whatnot it was pretty painful um and then later that night it was sort of hurting a little bit and it felt kind of tender like almost like i had bit my lips okay that's what it kind of felt like gotcha pretty hard bit my lips right not like a little nip right well monday morning i woke up and we were coming home on monday um and i was like my lips feel kind of swollen I totally looked like an Olsen twin or Angelina Jolie. No. My upper lip was all poked out. Oh, you're and kidding. Swollen and everything. And there was like, it was inflamed on the inside of my mouth. Like, oh, my gosh. I had to, it's hard to explain this without you being anyone being able well, you can see me. Right. Of course, you guys can see me. But yes, we have a studio audience tonight. We have a tonight. studio audience <laughs> right now. It was the inside of my lips, if that makes sense. Oh, so yeah. Like, it wasn't like what you see when you're looking at me when I talk to you. Right. But it's that really tender area behind that. Yeah. That, like, rests against your teeth. Yes. That was the area that was all swollen and whatnot. Oh. So, like um, a freezer burn? Or is it like a exactly oh like sorry that. I didn't mean to tell your story no, no, oh okay no, that's okay fine. that's exactly what it was oh, like it was my like gosh. freezer burnt and so it's really I try to explain that during the summer you know hi I got a freezer burnt yeah right right, I mean. right, right. <laughs> so huh. all day Monday excuse me are we boring you I'm boring myself <laughs> apparently so all day Monday I was like wow this is really tender it really hurts oh you poor thing and so monday night i'm like at home and i like <laughs> i peel down my lower lip to look at it 
blisters. Oh, <gasps> no. blisters ringing my whole, the whole inside of my mouth. Oh, my gosh, Christy. And Danielle, being a nurse, she's like, oh, you have to go to the hospital. That's totally like a second degree burn. And like, I'm not going to the hospital. What are they going to tell me to do? <coughs> Help me. I haven't had a problem with my mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are they going to tell me? You know, she's like, well, they could give you like a salve or something. I was like. What salve are you going to put in your mouth? <laughs> Vaseline? That's right. like really it. Right. Or And so what I ended up doing is Danielle has lanolin around because of breastfeeding. Okay. And so I put some lanolin in my mouth. Okay. That helped it. So okay. then Tuesday morning I wake up. Blisters are still there. Um, oh. It's really hurting. It's oh, very exactly. sore. Well, at some point Tuesday morning all the blisters popped. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, what am I going to... I can't not eat. Right. So I brushed my teeth, whatever. Like I, and We're trying that, to keep it clean. Right. Well, that must have been when all the blisters popped. So now there's all this skin in oh, my mouth that's no gross. longer attached. I know. Oh. It was so gross, Dan. It was so nasty. Oh, my it, gosh. It, it, it looked gross, too. <laughs> it, oh imagine you've had a popped blister before, right? Well, yes. So not in your mouth. Yes. I'm not saying uh-huh. anything about your mouth. Mm-hmm. But maybe on your hand yes. or something from raking leaves. Yes. Imagine that Ow. all along the inside oh, of your, your mouth. Poor thing. It looked so gross. Oh. I was like, and I had to go to, a, like, I have this new job, and I had to go to this meeting. Oh, I forgot job, about that. And I have all this wet skin in my mouth, in my lips, and I'm like, <laughs> totally pursing my lips, hoping that, <laughs> Danielle was like, kept reassuring me before I left. She's like, you can't tell. You can't tell unless you, like, pooch out your lips. Nobody can see it. Nobody can see it. And I was miserable. Miserable. Oh, you thing. And it, and it was really gross. It was, I cannot convey the nastiness of it. Yes. And so I was like, finally, I was like, I have to, I have to get it off of here. So I painstakingly, like without causing myself no. too much pain, like got the skin off. I'm not going to be. Oh my goodness. Really gross about it. And Ouch. Tell you what I did, but I had to get it out of there. Like. Oh, you poor thing. It was horrible and nasty and I felt gross. Yes. It was just bad news oh, all the way around. Thing. So it actually is way better today. It took all the mouth heals the faster. Mouth heals so yes. Now I feel like I ate too much popcorn. You know that oh, feeling yeah. mm-hmm. like yes, it's a little kind of cut up and mm-hmm. and raw and a little too salty in your mouth right. or whatever. That's kind of what it feels like okay. in my mouth. Okay. Um, and then there's one part that's particularly sore that that still feels like I bit oh. my lip. So, because it's probably really raw right it there. It is really raw inside there. It was it was bleeding yesterday. <laughs> so, so here's my so and uh, now and so I went grocery shopping today. Oh my gosh! And got Danielle some popsicles? Was, no, Danielle was like, "Oh look, those popsicles are on sale." I was like, "Hell no! <laughs> We're not getting any popsicles." No, I don't care how hot it is outside. Oh my gosh! No oh. popsicles. So oh. here's my warning. It's my caveat. Okay. Run your popsicle under some tepid or cool water. Okay. Before you put your mouth on it, and it won't happen to you. Ah. You have to rinse all those ice crystals off. That's gotcha. what your lips will freeze to. Ah. Your tongue will also freeze to it. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I was worried about your inside of your mouth as well. Yeah. No, my tongue was fine. It was totally okay. out of the way. But my okay. lips. Mm. I mean, we're sealed to that popsicle. You know what? That whole story. I had so many other places to go with it. <laughs> Anywhere from friction to seeing a lesbian give oral sex, you know, all kinds of. <laughs> I know, I know, but then you realize that, you know, this it's is Christy. my friend Christy, <laughs> and she was in pain, and I shall not make fun of her. Oh, that's never stopped me before, girl. <laughs> So, yeah, beware of the popsicles. Oh, yeah. Especially the froze fruit in Central Park on a humid day. Yes, exactly. For I mean, that's... sure. Wow. And, well, now, what flavor did you... Um... It was strawberry. Oh, wow. And so did they have, like... It's almost like a strawberry frozen? Yeah, well, it was like strawberry pulp. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of mashed up some strawberries. Okay. Um. So that's... Wow. And then, I mean, did they have, like, was it, like, watermelon, strawberries? I don't remember. Yeah, Danielle got banana. Oh. 
Oh, interesting. So there was a variety of flavors. Why are you interested in getting some froze fruit? Well, no, no. I was just kind of delaying while I was trying to pass the message. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a hard time. So, but wow! I mean, that must have been. I mean, I guess they would. They was it just from the bot? I'm wondering if it's just because it was from the bottom of the freezer or something, or well, or they was, had to keep it so I, cold because right, it's a I hot day. I think it was very, very cold. And so it was probably next to like the. Um, Oh, that, that ice, that um, the, the Italian ice. No, the um, the the, the dry put, ice. Dry ice, yes. I'm certain there was probably some dry oh ice in there. Oh my gosh, because it was cold. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was very cold. And good thing you didn't like try to have Charlotte taste a little or anything like that. Oh, that no would have been the poor thing. Yeah, I wouldn't have done. Oh that. my gosh. Now I'm now I'm never gonna let her have a popsicle until yeah until, until she's old enough to make her own popsicle decisions. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going. So to She's 21, eh? I'm not going to choose for her to have a popsicle. I think not. Oh, my gosh. That poor thing. It was, it was gross and horrible, and it hurt really bad. So oh, I yeah. I kind of wanted George Bush to do it. That's how bad <laughs> it was. And that would have been quite the sight. It would have been. You know? It's like, goodness. It would have been. Absolutely. But, wow. So why don't we take a little break? Okay. If, oh, can you do that? I think he's... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep Alex jumping. That's right. Exactly. Well, we haven't seen him for a while. That's right. So, uh, We're going to keep him busy. Three, um, so we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we'll have some other stuff to talk that's about. That's right. Exactly. You know, we never forget. We never run out of stuff. Never. This is Jeremy from the Washtenaw Rainbow Action Project, your TBLG Resource Center at 325 Broncourt. Check us out online at www.rap-up.org or call us at 734-995-9867. Thanks for listening to WCBN, and don't forget to listen to me on Clauses Are for Clothes on the third Wednesday of every month from 6 to 7 p.m. And we've got even more things to, to, uh, um... What? Are we on? Yes. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, welcome back. Um, It's still Closets Are For Clothes. It's still July 12th. Um, But now my lips are in working order. (laughs) So we can continue with the show. And we are very, very fortunate tonight to have a couple of folks... Um, with us from Camp Trans, I'd like to welcome Bryn and Lorraine. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, and I very casually mentioned Camp Trans just now, and that's probably not nearly an adequate enough introduction. So I'm going to actually ask you guys to tell us what Camp Trans is. Well, sure. Um, Camp Trans um, has been going on for how long, Lorraine? About 15 uh, years? Is this the 15th year now? Well, uh is this mic on? So I'm not hearing my Your own headphones voice. are probably not working very well, but your mic is working fine. Okay, yeah. Camp Trans started because in 1991, a trans woman was ejected from the Michigan Women's Music Festival after having uh, attended without incident the year before. She was ejected because she came out as, tra- as a trans woman in one of the workshops, and the next year... There were some workshops, and the year after that, 1993, was the first actual Camp Trans. And it's been going on off and on ever since. It's been going very strong since 2003, so, mm-hmm. because we, we had some new organizers come in then. And we have some a new, new life into the organization. Oh, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, but, it's been, but it, that incident happened how long ago? The incident happened in 1991, 15 wow. years ago. 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. really, just in case there's somebody listening who doesn't know, could you explain um, the difference between a trans woman and a trans man? And Because like, I think that may be language that people aren't familiar with. Sure, absolutely. Some sort of trans 101 kind of thing. Um, 
the way we talk about it, clearly, you know, and the trans community is is huge, and mm-hmm. there's a tremendous amount of diversity in it. Um, but the language that we're using um, is as a, a tra- I am a trans woman. Um, I as am, am I. <laughs> sure. Um, which we mean to be um, male to female, transsexual, transgender, people who were assigned male at birth um, and have transitioned to female at some point in their lives. Um, we use the the term trans man to denote someone um, who has gone the other way, born, assigned female at birth, and transitioned to male. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there are also people who, for any number of reasons, political, um, personal, um, have sort of rejected the gender binary altogether, um, who sometimes go by the label genderqueer. So okay. those are some basic terms, clearly, clearly. <laughs> in the trans community, there are there's all kinds of different language, all kinds of different people who have all kinds of different perspectives on gender. But that's I think we'll just lay that down for this right. discussion. That's a that's a great <laughs> yeah. Yeah. great kind of background. So what does what happens at Camp Trans or what is actually yeah what happens at Camp Trans? I'll ask that question first. Well, we have a number of workshops throughout the week that people can attend, mostly related to activism or training or things that people can use to become more political back in their own home spaces and advocate for trans issues and trans women back in their spaces. Mm-hmm. We also have a number of great performers this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Got the list here. Thursday night, we have uh, Vanessa Marie Spitzer and the Athens Boy Choir. Friday night, we have Stephanie Lovelace, Anna Mattison, The New Minority, and The Shones. Saturday night, we have Trainwreck, Rika Aoki de, de La Cruz, and Ray Spoon. I, I haven't heard all these names pronounced, so forgive me if I got any of them wrong. <laughs> but, but they're all great performers. They're all, um, many of them are either trans identified, trans men, or trans women, or genderqueer in some way, or strong allies. And all of them are donating their performances to Camp Trans because we don't have a lot of money. (laughs) Wow, that's great. And they're from all over. There's a lot from here in Michigan, a lot from the Midwest. Um, I know the Shans are are from New York. Um, Recently had a write-up in the Village Voice. So um, it's it's become quite the national thing over the last couple of years. And also I just wanted to add, you know, in the description of Camp Trans, it's also camping. It's also just a lot of fun. I mean, people stay late around the campfire, you know, <clears throat> pardon me, sing songs, you know, go swimming in the lake, you know, camp out, cook out. Um, there's a lot of now, great vegan food. Now, now being <laughs> yeah. a gay man here, <clears throat> now camping, do you mean like with hair dryers and uh, air conditioning? You know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am broke. We have this on a recording. No, I um, personally am kind of um, sort of urban femme identified and very kind of high maintenance. So uh-huh. for me, camping was uh, the, the idea of camping before I went to Camp Trans was very intimidating, mm-hmm. but I found some ways to make it work, believe oh. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to discuss tips later. Yeah. <laughs> Another Absolutely. thing that, that's really, really important about Camp Trans is it's one of the few places where being a trans man or a trans woman is just accepted and mm-hmm. natural. Absolutely. And you, know, you, you just, I, I felt just very much that nobody cared that I'm trans there, despite the fact that trans is in the name. Right, mm-hmm. right. I want to actually back up just for a second, because sure. you did mention the, the incident 15 years ago, um, but, okay, it's 15 years later, so what? Why do we still have to have Camp Trans? That incident happened 15 years ago. Um, it's, I mean, I'm, of course, playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but um, I mean, there is a specific policy at the Michigan Women's Music Festival that mm. is sort of under protest with Camp Trans, right? You, you'd, you'd like to think that there's a very specific <laughs> policy, and in theory there is. In theory, there's a women-born-women-only policy, mm. but the last information that we had from them on the policy came, what, six years ago? In 2000, yeah. It's been a long time since we've had anything official from the festival, which has led to a lot of confusion and um, a lot of misunderstanding on on a lot of different parts. Um, They don't put it on their website. They don't talk about it in official communications. Mm -hmm. But the policy is still discussed on their discussion boards. There's still a lot of... uh, 
disrespect towards towards trans women that's mm-hmm. coming out of festival, and we still have every reason to believe that even though they don't talk about the fo- policy, that they're still enforcing the policy, and that if I as a trans woman were to walk up to the gate and say I'm out as a trans woman, may I buy a ticket, they would turn me down. Okay. There's certainly um, not a lot of of communication going on, which is one another goal of Camp Trans to sort of facilitate facilitate just healing and dialogue between um, trans people, the trans community, and you know the lesbian and women's community. So, is there actually workshops or places that the two groups come together and talk about it, or or are you guys allowed in for an afternoon and? No. Oh. We wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's hard. I mean, it takes a lot of diplomacy and um and and every and it's it's a very emotional issue. Mm-hmm. Um clearly there are people who there are women for whom Michigan is a very important um emotional, personal, political experience. Um and the same is true for, you know, some trans people in Cap Trans too. So and there's an issue of everyone needing to feel safe and that's hard to do when your very identity is being debated mm-hmm. you know um an activist named emmy koyama who does a lot of different issues on transgender intersex homelessness sex workers all these things she made a really interesting point whenever you draw gender lines they always are drawn over someone's body and that i think really cuts to the heart of why this is an emotional issue for a lot of people mm-hmm. definitely for sure. So, um, so one of the things. So, with the the issue with the the I guess the with the music festival or the Michigan festival is just basically that they want folks to be woman born or and and. And, and I really, I really hate the term "women born women" okay. that they use. Thank I you. find that personally Thank disrespectful That's to me. Well, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it, like it really, literally doesn't make sense. In addition to being disrespectful, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's sort of an in-speak kind of thing. I don't know. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but but it also no? does definitely. Segregate immediately. Right. So go ahead. Well, I mean, they they have this assumption that the the assignment that a doctor made at birth that I had no control over is more important than the entire remainder of my life. It doesn't matter how involved I am in the women's community. It doesn't matter uh, how many women accept me as their sister. It doesn't matter what I do with my entire life, because a doctor put an M on my birth certificate, they refuse to consider me a woman and they refuse to let me in. And that's mm-hmm. that's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the determination just in that, and what what determines male or female at birth. I mean, um, it, it it's it that's a whole other topic that we can't discuss it, or we don't have time to discuss it. Mean, we can, but we don't we don't finish the topic. But and just having whether that M or F is determined at birth. Um, so that so their thinking is just because there is that M on your original birth certificate that no, you cannot come in. Yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to a certain. A certain brand of feminism, if you will, that that sort of existed in the 70s, a lot of it um, sort of revolves around a work that Lorraine and I were just talking about earlier by Janice Raymond called The Transsexual Empire that talks a lot about trans women as, um, if you will, creations of the patriarchy. Um, what gets into a, a whole mm. lot of complicated stuff, but um, it there has been, I feel like, in the, in the in the period that that Michigan sort of started, there was a lot of antipathy toward trans women in the feminist community. Clearly, that has changed, and mm-hmm. for the better. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, people have sort of come around on a lot of these issues, and I think one of the goals of Camp Trans is also to sort of not just promote trans inclusion on this issue, but to promote cl- trans inclusion across the board at a lot of different events across the country. You mentioned No Lose earlier. That's a great example of an event that has worked really hard to be trans-inclusive and has been successful. Um, All we want to see is that to happen across the board at at Michigan, at other events that might be not welcoming to trans women. What it really all comes down to is respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Not to keep pushing the issue, 
but Push what? Are, away. But what? But what? What is the Women's Michigan Festival afraid of? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, I hate. And maybe to I'm predicting. Maybe I'm asking <laughs> you to speak for them. But. Yeah, I hate to speak for them Absolutely. because you know, uh, I, I've listened to their arguments. I've heard mm-hmm. the things. I think part of it is a fear of change. There's mm-hmm. a fear that if they change, then the festival isn't going to be the same. I I think part of it is a real misunderstanding of what trans women's lives are like. There's there's this assumption that the things that men like John Money wrote about trans women 30 years ago define us, Mm -hmm. and instead of our own lives, our own experiences defining us, and a lot of that comes from people who don't have a lot of experience with trans women. When they they hear about trans women, they don't think of people who have identified as women our whole lives, people who have experienced discrimination our whole lives, even before transition. They think of, of men in dresses, which is not what we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it becomes very difficult to to change those perceptions when you're in a space where trans women are necessarily not welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of like a circular thing that Mm -hmm. happens when, um, you're keeping trans women out to keep supposedly to keep your, your space safe. But that also allows that space to become sort of a point of departure for a lot of unfortunate misinformation. Mm -hmm. And, Everyone who's who's been involved in this issue knows that trans women do attend festivals. They Absolutely. just do it as un, in yeah. stealth. They do it in secret. And, and have they, since the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can't speak up. And, you know, we would love to be able to go in as out trans women to talk or, you know, I, I would love to not have to talk, to just be able to go and be just another woman. That mm-hmm. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Well, I, and I'm hearing some of the, f- when when I've talked to some of the folks that go to a festival, of that part of their, also their fear is the, um, the, the straight man who wants to go see all these women, I mean, has this fantasy that's, that's been developed and, and, and comes in doing drag and just saying that they're trans and they're, and they're not really, they're just there for their own, uh, fantasy, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really, cause you can take care of that. You could probably figure out who those people are very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're the men in dresses. Yeah. Not <laughs> exactly. And that's probably, I mean, not to answer for you guys, but so unlikely to happen. Yes. But that the odds of that, what? I'm sorry, but that man would be a total idiot. To oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you exactly. Know, like, that would just... I've seen the security. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to speak for you, Bryn. Oh, but, yeah, you're exactly right, Christy. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to get out there to heart. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's out there. And, and also, I mean, the way the policy exists now, I mean, um, trans men, again, female to male, transgender, transsexuals, can can go on the land now anyway by um under the logic that because they were born or assigned women or at birth that that's okay now i don't know how many trans men you know there are trans men out there who pass very very well mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, you know you engineer right. anybody could could walk into Mich- michigan at this point and say oh yeah i'm a trans guy and it would not be questioned. So the idea that it's trans women that will destroy the space for that reason, I think, just doesn't oh, follow. The logic, I didn't realize it. Know? So it's really focused, specifically, mm-hmm. maybe I missed that part, mm-hmm. where it's really focused on trans women. It is. Because right. I, I thought I understood that if, the, if once they folks identify as male, you are asked to leave. Technically, as of 2000, that's what the policy said, but it is not enforced. There are uh, open trans men who have performed at the festival since then. Uh, there are open trans men who attend the festival. We see them in the line going into the festival. Gotcha. They're there. Everyone knows they're there, and they're out about it, and they insist on being called he. I I was amazed that that you can't assume going to a women's music festival that it's okay to call someone she. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And and this I may be opening a kettle of fish here (laughs) by saying this. That's more offensive to me than letting trans women come. Okay. Because uh, the it, 
Like, I'm supportive of trans women being able to go. I think that's great. We appreciate that. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the issue that I have is that once you're like the whole i understand that trans men as a as a group of people experience oppression absolutely but kind of one of the reasons for the festival is like this is women's space Mm -hmm. if you're identifying as a man why do you want to be in women's space that's sort of the question that i have for those folks and i've never been able to get a satisfactory answer and that that is one of those things where i was like it feels to me like an abuse of male privilege, mm-hmm. you know, that, well, I can still, I can pass in this world or in that world. And so I'm going to do both. That's really problematic. And I, I'm, I question the organizers of festivals saying, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, this is exactly mm-hmm. counterintuitive to what you're trying to do. Um, I really applaud what Camp Trans is doing. I think that it's fabulous. Um, but what, so it sounds like, you got a great plan for this year. What are some of the hopes and goals for Camp Trans over time? Well, Camp Trans as an organization is incredibly flexible. Um, there um, new people coming into the picture every year with new ideas. So though we might have one plan one year. <laughs> 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 you know, Sounds like each of our change, shows. <laughs> you know, and that's great. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what keeps the organization, like I say, flexible and, um, and keeps new sort of blood coming in, if you will. But yeah, we can tell you what we would like to see in the future. <laughs> I think that's a great answer <laughs> yeah. to the question. Sure. But sure. yeah, I mean, the the future is going to be decided by the people who run Camp Trans. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see Camp Trans succeed in winning inclusion and welcoming and respect for trans women at festival and to move on from this issue and tackle the inclusion and acceptance of trans women in other places and in larger society. Mm-hmm. I hope it stays stays in the Midwest and stays a camping event yeah. because I think those are both really valuable things about Camp Trans. Absolutely. But there are lots of other places, other things we can do, other things we can focus on. And I'd, I'd like to really uh, bring festival around and then congratulate them, thank them, and move on to the next issue because the discrimination against trans women doesn't stop at the festival gates and it's Absolutely. not going away, unfortunately. Right, yeah. Right. There's so many different issues. Um, one thing that that we want to work on is partnering with other organizations. Uh, we've had a lot of support this year from the National um, Gay and Lesbian Task Force, um, which, which has been incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. And just generally... You know, working with other organizations that are interested in trans inclusion um, as well. So, uh, part of me is definitely shares Lorraine's vision of you know to eventually not have um, uh, trans camp, right? Okay, trans camp, well, camp I, trans. Um, I, and, I want to still have camp trans. Okay. I just don't want to have it connected to the Michigan Women's Music Festival <laughs> okay. for the rest and of its existence. And that's yeah, what I was just sure. about to say. Because it becomes I think a separate event, sort yeah. of. Yeah. It's not become, a, a reaction to it. It's become a really amazing space, um, sort of in the process of protesting, if you will, this one specific event. We've discovered that it's something really special. Um, yes. A friend of a friend of ours came last year, and she said something that was really amazing to me. She said, um, and she is a non-trans woman. She attends Smith College. She said um, that Camp Trans was the first space that she'd ever been in where she felt like all bodies, all, everybody, like everybody, mm-hmm. was really accepted and that she felt okay with her body there for the first time in her life. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful, mm-hmm. I think. It is. It's a real powerful, yeah. And, um, and so that's, and it's stories like that that keep me going in terms of working on Camp Trans. Definitely. So when is Camp Trans? It's August 6th through 13th. On the 6th, we're actually pretty much just setting up the camp. And on the 13th, both of which are Sundays, we're pretty much just tearing down the camp. But in the middle, it starts on Monday with us walking the line and talking to women inside the festival because that's the one chance we have when they're lined up waiting to get Mm -hmm. in to talk to them. And then it slowly builds over the week. It's great if you can go there in the early part of the week when there are fewer people because you can get to know everyone and get to you know, really feel like you're 
connected to mm-hmm. everyone there. It's also great later in the week because there are so many amazing events, the performances mm-hmm. and more workshops and things. So it just it sort of snowballs across throughout the week. Culminating but, with the performances on Friday and Saturday. Right. Do you ever see some of the folks that kind of like pick up from, uh, pull out a line and actually go to uh, train? To Camp Trance, I keep mixing up the name. I'm sorry. Um, we get a lot of people who go back and forth. I feel like, or some. Sometimes, um, I think trans men who are sort of in the process of transitioning out of the lesbian community um, stay with us. Maybe why the partner goes. Um, we're not. I mean, that that I I don't know that I've ever seen anyone necessarily. Jump line, no, I like okay. that. But <laughs> okay. Most people have prepaid about four hundred dollars to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the big differences between Michigan Women's Music Festival and Camp Trans. Michigan Women's Music Festival costs hundreds of dollars for everyone who goes there. Camp Trans, we ask for whatever people can give in terms of donations, mm-hmm. but we don't charge any admission. We're open to people regardless of income. Mm-hmm. And speaking of donations, we really <laughs> need <laughs> donations. Yeah, for that reason, we're Pe- yeah. really focusing on so development. So yeah. if folks wanted to either give or get give money, give get more information... Um, or what have you, how would they do that? How would they contact Best that? way is to go to our website, which is uh, www.camp-trans.org. Uh, the dash is really important because we no longer have the camptrans.org <laughs> website. That got taken by a squatter this past year. So mm. t- camp-trans.org is our website. It has a link for people who want to donate money. We actually have a raffle going on mm-hmm. with prizes from Babeland, from excuse me, Babeland, mm-hmm. who Formerly have been Toys huge, yeah, yeah. Oh. who have been huge supporters of Camp Trans, huge. and also um, gift certificates from Amazon or Dick's Sporting Goods. So mm-hmm. great, yeah, that's cool. And yeah. there's all kinds of information from you know what to bring to camp. Um, I invite everyone to email me. Um, at hospitality at camp-trans.org, especially if you've never camped before, if you're a little bit nervous about maybe visiting Camp Trans. Bring um, a I very long extension cord for the hair dryer. Maybe several. Yeah, but there's all kinds of information on there, including a PayPal link and an address if you want to send us a check. Or especially for women who are attending the festival, who want to help out um, with Camp Trans and getting our message inside the festival, they can email me at forallwomen at yahoo.com. That's F-O-R-A-L-L-W-O-M-Y-N at Mm -hmm. Mm yahoo.com. That's my address. That's the part of of Camp Trans I'm focusing on this year. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And that's great, because I will say, I've been a part of No Lose for a long, long time, and... um, I, I want to say that that's where the change came from. It came from inside the organization right. when we were all able to say, holy heck, there's a group, large group of people that we're not including. How can we do to change that? And then we were able to like reach out and say, okay, yeah. come join us and have conversation. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not saying that the outside worker, you know, the work that was going on outside mm-hmm. of the organization wasn't important, but it has to come from both sides. Absolutely. Um, in order to to break down those barriers. And really quickly, I just want to say um, one more thing before we take a break about, you know, one of the things that the arguments I've always heard about it is, you know, there's this fear of penises. There can't be penises <laughs> at, at festival. First of all, I've taken my cock every time I've gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, that has nothing to do with it. I didn't know you could the, say that on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that on the radio, actually. But that that's not the issue. You meant your chicken. I did. Totally, my male chicken. I brought my male chicken every time I went. Um, but the the... We talk about it is like that. It's an organ. And, you know, when people say, well, men use it as a weapon. Well, you know what? There are thousands of white women there who have no problem wearing their white skin through the doors, you know. And and white skin is a much bigger oppressor in the world entire than a penis is, mm-hmm. honestly. So, anyway. Exactly. And so we want to have more conversation. We do. So we're going to take a quick break, and um, we'll continue with Camp Trans, or camp-trans.org. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun.
is Kate Brindle from Eastern Michigan University's Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Resource Center. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And you can hear me on the first Wednesday of... back we are um, we're still talking to folks from camp trans brennan lorraine we want to thank you very much for joining us yes um on closets are for clothes this evening it's wonderful to have you here i mean over the break we were briefly talking about um because well, prior to the break you talked about changing co- change coming from both sides that we do want to acknowledge that there are you know probably many many women festival attendees who are way supportive of this change mm-hmm. um and and really would love to see it happen as you know, yesterday, last year, um, oh, yeah. so definitely. Or way back in 1991. Right, or <laughs> in 1970, what five wasn't it? Four when it started. Yeah, oh. I mean, we've really had a lot of support from the beginning, and you know, people have done surveys, people have done sort of like for graduate work, they've done sort of ethnographic research of Michigan, and we have a lot of support from the inside. I know all of my friends in my home community um, who go are incredibly supportive, and they just they say, "Oh, you should just go." It's not a big deal. (laughs) You know, like there are trans women there. You should just go. I think it's really important that Michigan welcome trans women because it's just time. Mm -hmm. I I think it's also important to point out that the policy does not just hurt the trans women who are excluded. It hurts women who don't get to experience the women who don't come. It hurts women who would benefit from festival but who decide not to come because they disagree with the policy. It hurts communities that get divided over this issue. Mm -hmm. It hurts trans women back at home who go into a LGBT bookstore or community center and see posters for an event that excludes them and feel unwelcome. Mm -hmm. Families, who women who are partnered with trans women, um, children who whose mothers are trans women, you know, it's okay, it, it's a really unfortunate thing. And I also want to mention that the local community center, Washington Rainbow Action Project, has a policy of not putting up flyers of Michigan Women's Music Festival until the policy is changed. And I really appreciate that. Mm. So we have mm. a lot of support. Absolutely. Yeah. But you do, you sort of are approaching a, a bigger subject. And I think that it would maybe would be helpful if we talked about that a little bit. Because you, and you had said a little earlier, like the issue is not just festival. It's a much bigger issue. And, you know, it does happen in other communities. I feel like this argument has been happening all over, especially in lesbian communities for a long time. The Lesbian Moms Network just went through this same argument um, and is dealing with this same stuff um, sort of a little bit differently. Like, uh, essentially, it was the specific incident was around... um, a formerly lesbian couple, one of the partners has transitioned and, mm-hmm. you know, is he still a member of the sure. Lesbian Moms Network? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the question. Wow, and identity politics. Yeah. Is he, is, <laughs> yeah. is he yeah, a lesbian yeah, yeah. or yeah, is he tricky. straight? Right, oh, right. Wow. So, I, I mean, it is a bigger issue. And I, I, the way that I've said it now three times, I think, is that it's controversial as all hell, but it's also integral. Like, it's really yeah. important to talk about this because it's the only way that it's going to change. But Well, and also creates a basis or a point uh, to talk about. I mean, right. what, what do we mean when we talk about our bodies? What does it really mean when we talk about our sexuality, our sex, um, biological sex, our, our, um, the way we express ourselves? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it, it really, it, it, it really it's there's some things that I think that the uh, transgender, bisexual, lesbian, and gay um, community have naturally discussed, or is part of our psyche that I think the straight community has never explored. I mean, when I explain to somebody how you can have a different gender for different parts of yourself, it boggles them that it, once you're you've been given the M. That it follows That's what through. You are. Then you just follow through with everything you else play in society. Sports, you drink beer from the bottle. <laughs> That's right. You grab <laughs> yourself. You, you, yeah, you, you grab know. yourself a lot. Yes, and you're you very spit. driven. And you spit. And you spit. Exactly. Spitting is very important. Oh man, I never oh. got that one down. I always dribbled, you know, <laughs> or, or I did yeah. it in the wind and it came back at me. It's really horrible. But yeah. I think that 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 it's it's so that they haven't even explored all the other things of who what really makes mm-hmm. makes them who they are and and what society 
society has defined right. for them. And I also have to say that it's hard to parent a child mm. with that stuff going on. Like, I know my baby's two months old, whatever. She's, you know, <laughs> she's still little, but. But everything you're doing now is so critical. Yes. It's very critical. And, you know, we try like we were shopping somewhere and we were in the boys clothing section. You know, it's this arbitrary designation. And the sales clerk actually came over and said, close for her on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Or are you looking for a gift? And I was like, we don't really care that these are boys clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we think they're cute. and Maybe we'll buy it. But not now, you know? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, it, it's just that, like, well, I want to support my baby, Charlotte. Like, I want to support her no matter what she really is. Yeah. You know? I mean, we've made a designation. Could mm-hmm. be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we did the best right. we could. Yeah, right. And, and until, you, until she discovers. Right. Until, and you allow that discovery to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is such a big deal. It's It's a huge issue. And... It's one, you know, uh, just to reference the community that, or the the organization that I've done the most work in this, and with, again, is NOLU's that, you know, we've lost people who've been, who were there and signed the incorporation papers. They mm-hmm. aren't in the organization anymore because they are, it's, a, and it's an irresistible force meeting an immovable object, no. you know, and it's like, we, this is progress. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I'm j- I, other than to just talk about it. Oh, I know. Brittany and Lorraine have the solution. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you guys I had a secret agenda. <laughs> well, believe it or or not, you're absolutely right. the The answer is to talk about it. Communication is really what it all comes down to. And I think as far as no loose goes, it's really important to recognize how important the acceptance of our bodies and ourselves is to both the trans and fat communities. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is, it's one of those things that was talked about a lot with that organization. Like, we're about bodies. And, you know, that's, well, we're more, <laughs> it's more than that. But it's it's about knowing that our bodies are all different. Yeah. But I think, but I think it is about our bodies mm-hmm. because I th- I think that it's, that my one of the things that the the first thing that people see or identify with me is is what I look like. Yeah. And and so that is a part of who I am and and how I identify myself mm-hmm. and um and. And so it is almost like a signage of like, okay, this is these are some of the identities that I have by just looking at me. But I think of because one of the things that I, I I have thought of in the past is about the function of certain organs or the non-function of certain organs and how people or like for instance people who have been through cancer like testicular cancer um, where they've had both testicles removed does that still make them a man and challenging mm-hmm. them because they were straight and so identified as a male that so what does this make you or, now? Yeah, or you know? a woman and who's had a radical mastectomy exactly. and breast cancer and feeling like she's not a woman anymore right? because she doesn't have breasts yes um, and that's where I think we identify so much of ourselves with our body that I think that that um, I, I think that, that it really I, comes. Go I ahead. think well, no, I just I think that there's parallel, like Lorraine was saying, with trans folks and and fat folks in particular, because we are so it's so ingrained in us in some ways to hate parts of our body. Right. Absolutely. You know yes. that right. that ha- we have to hate it. Yes. You know, like we can't just say, well, I have this body and it's a little different from that body. Mm-hmm. But it's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do the best I can with it, but. You know, it's really easy for, uh, you know, I've talked to trans men who really hate their breasts, like have scarred their bodies in horrific, horrific ways mm-hmm. because of their breasts. And um, it just it's just such a hatred. And I can mm-hmm. I totally relate to it. Like, I hate how big mine are mm-hmm. and I wish that they weren't. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these things that are so parallel between these communities. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I think. It's also parallel for the women's community sure. because women are taught to hate their bodies, right. whether it's thin, fat, or otherwise. Yep. There's yes. a lot of a, a lot of parallels, um, and it just it's hard for me when I see or hear people just shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time for that. 
Right. You know? Right. I mean, as a trans woman, I get it from both sides. I, I feel uncomfortable with my body because I have a trans body. I also feel uncomfortable with my body because it's not the as much of a, the woman's body in the ways that I, I want it to be. And I know that's misogynistic. I know that's that's my own internal mm-hmm. misogyny. But you know, I have to deal with that. I have to face the same problems, the same the same internal struggles that any other woman would have to deal with around those issues. Absolutely. And I I think finding those commonalities is so important and that coalition building is so important. I think that's something that Camp Trans is really about. You can find coalitions and and, and commonalities and parallels with the trans movement, um, you know, with the body positive, you know, anti-sizism, you know, the fat positive movement you can find it in like the reproductive rights movement in the feminist movement in anti-racist movements in you know movements about you know queer liberation i mean it's about us all working together absolutely that's i couldn't have said it better myself that's wonderful you look like you're thinking really hard dan i (laughs) am and i don't know if i really want to share it i mean i think it's a very interesting you're such a tease i am i am um because i think because i i i'm where I basically went is like a lot of I, I I did not participate in the feminist movement uh, in the early seventies. I just wasn't you weren't there. old enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was one of those things of where I hear now a lot of the jokes of get the little mirror out or we're going to discover you know our vaginas today and different things like this and and that part of that movement it really you know has been made fun of and moved away and now we're trying to discover ourselves in different ways and I'm wondering if this is the next societal step that our society has been given a real big gift of having um, trans folks in our community to challenge, to discover what our bodies really are. And so that's what that's hmm. why I was in deep in thought of wondering if it's if if a trans people. Uh, help society in a sense to create that conversation to 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 start that conversation of getting us past a lot of the the and this is where i that this is where i was started thinking really even harder because it, i i'm not really sure where i can go with this but i know in u.s society the puritanical part of our society the, the trans folks really come right up against that you know because mm-hmm. how dare you you, you must have discovered yourself you're not supposed to talk think about sex so how in the world you know so if you're now transitioning <laughs> then you've had to think about it you know and yeah i think if there's any commonality i that i've found with all trans people because there's tremendous diversity within the community it's that they're all we are all really survivors mm-hmm. and i think that if you, if you want to talk about you know things that trans people can teach the world mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's how to be a survivor and camp trans is a very amazingly feminist space we've grown out of those feminist movements and we hold them dear and we've we've continued to build on that and not reject the old feminist thoughts but incorporate our own experiences just the way that the the classic feminists did back in the 70s and i think that that's that's very key what you said building on what was there i think you know the feminist doctrines the feminist theories that were put forth in the 70s are they're pretty great they're they're exceptional and they're but they're living documents you know Mm -hmm. we need to incorporate or interpret them and incorporate them into our lives 30 years later are you serious you know what that means what does that mean we're just gonna invite him back we're gonna have to have him back (laughs) (laughs) i think this is really really important we don't talk about trans stuff enough on this show and i really think that it's important that we do um, continue this dialogue um, because it's the only way we're going to really make any difference. And I do, but I really quickly before we stop, want to say you mentioned the puritanical stuff. I really feel like that the religious right, the radical right, have a tremendous opportunity and are starting to use LGB folks' fear of trans folk. Mm-hmm to sort of perpetuate our oppression and we need to stop that right now because it's only going to get worse that's right because Um, it was used with another community and separating folks absolutely we can't do that to ours we can't let it happen to us thanks for tuning by um really quickly don't forget you can get our podcasts 
by going to iTunes and searching for Closets. And just click on subscribe. The show will be automatically downloaded for you every Wednesday at about 5 after 7. Exactly. Eastern Standard Time. And also, if you're interested in being a co-host, please send us a tape and a letter just saying why you want to be a part of a Closets um, to um, the station here at WCBN. And you go to WCBN.org to get the address. address. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are Foreclosed are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace. There is no such thing as mental health.